Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report, of course, is a member of the Believe podcast family. That is B L E A V. Not believe, just believe. Um, was I privy to that meeting where they came up with that and thought it was really cool? No, I was not. Uh, but they are the network that allows us to have ads sometimes. So we're very thankful for that. Uh, I'm Jay Corger, creator of the Comedy Bureau. And on to this week's amazing, amazing guests. Uh, one of my favorite people to watch, to follow everything that she does. Uh, a, a, a great comedian, a ringleader of the horror comedy troupe, Helltrap Nightmare, creator of the uh, brilliant Adult Swim short Flay Away. Give it up for Sarah Squirm, everybody. Woo-hoo, give it up for Sarah. She's amazing. <laughs> she is. She is. How's it going, Sarah? How is uh, How was quarantine? Can we use past tense yet? Yeah, it need it needs to be in the rearview mirror. Let's just say that it needs we're done. It's that <laughs> move along, <laughs> move along as other people go back on lockdown around the world. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a, I got I, I can't. I was just telling you this, Jake. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I'm doing anything, working and uh, talking to people right. in like a year, and it's exhausting. I'm exhausted. I forgot about doing stuff and talking to people is a lot (laughs) (laughs) i was just wondering about that i was at a show uh the other night and uh the hang afterwards so many people were like i forgot how to talk to people i forgot how to talk to people i didn't forget how to talk to people but i wonder if people are going to use that sort of logic to excuse worse behavior absolutely just Just people being flat out rude and they're like sorry i forgot about human uh graciousness Right. Instead of like, oh, I was just drunk. Like, no, it's pandemic. I just forgot just like to be a human. (laughs) Or like I found myself, I'm not ruder, but my I'm worse at time management. So now if I do one thing in a day, that's like my whole day and all my energy is sapped and I like can't go on. So like people ask me to hang out and I'm like, listen. Well, I know I'm popular, not to brag. People ask me to hang out <laughs> and I'll are. be like, I'll be like, listen, I love you. You're my best friend. I'm in love with you, but I have to do one thing on a Wednesday, which means I can't hang out for three and a half weeks. Wow. <laughs> and that Yo. that's good to know. And I'm glad you're being honest about it. And uh, well, so what was your routine like during uh, lockdown <clears throat> that made, um, made this contrast so hard? misery and despair with you one thousand percent i didn't realize i mean i think a part of me took i think you know you don't think about yourself as much during a global pandemic you're just like doing a day-to-day like survival thing yeah yeah but so it's not like i sat there was no moments of me sitting down being like the pandemic ruined my career as a live performer. It's like my all my my income for the past like four years was like mostly live performance stuff. Right. Um, but I kind of my you know mental spin for the past year was like 
I needed this time to collect my thoughts and reflect and, you know, do I need to be doing uh, shows three times a night? Do I, you know, what do I need from life? You know, kind of analyzing like, why do I need external validation so badly? You know, and kind of like judging myself. And then the second we go back to live performance, I'm like, I love this. I need this. I'll never stop doing this, you know? (laughs) And it's like helped me, you know, it's like, who would have thought that that is like the juice of life. And now I'm able to do like kind of operate as a normal human being when I have the things, when I'm doing the things that I love. Right. Of course. Did you have, did you come up with any answers to those existential questions uh loosen up that's what i learned (laughs) (laughs) you loosen up you know there is i used to like care i mean i obviously do what i do because i care so much right but i learned to take it easy a little bit like Mm -hmm. you know if we were doing a live hell trap at zebulon i would make like a whole new like video art PowerPoint presentation with like 80 slides of like really, you know, intense, meticulous, like mm-hmm. bubble wrap gore. We right. pop an eyeball and pus comes out. Right. And it's like, take a load off. You don't have to burn yourself out every month. People have, people are going to have fun, have mm-hmm. fun with it, manage your workloads. You don't have to put pressure and stress on yourself. Everybody's having a good time. You don't need to give people your guts on a silver platter all the time. You can chill. Yeah. And it, and it has proven to be fine, right? Yes. <laughs> I think I'm coming out of the pandemic with just a little more, come on, who cares? The but, world crumbled beneath our feet. Have a little fun with it. <laughs> yeah. Have a little, just a little bit of fun. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know if I'm there yet, but I will say there's a day I had like a couple, probably a month ago where I was egregiously late to everything I had to do that day. Yes. But did anything get ruined? Did I get everything done? I got absolutely everything done that I needed to get done and it kind of didn't matter. Totally. I also, after a year of not doing anything, forgot about being in a, moving through space. So I would leave the apartment when I had to be at the thing I'm supposed to go to, forgetting that it takes like 45 minutes to get anywhere in LA. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Even though. I I get that. Right. But you know, you, you say that you like kind of slowed down, but like, I think at sort of the early months of the pandemic, you were really hitting it with like all these fundraising live streams that seemed so big and uh, intensive in in terms of. Yes. It's um, that like, didn't really feel we had to do some like, so we did all these live stream fundraisers for mostly DSA related causes. Right. Someone from DSA would be like, Hey, we need to raise money for this like immigration, like relief bill because like all these like undocumented folks aren't getting stimulus checks. So we're raising money for them. They're in dire straits, you know, whatever. Right. It doesn't 
it, it was, you know, that was like, fun. not like fun, but it like feels, it feel, you know, it's nice to do. It feels good. Right. Everyone doing it is feeling good. Mm. It feels better than like, you know, there's, oh, we're doing a comedy show just for ourselves at Zebulon. And I'm like working myself ragged for what? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There's no like existential question mark of like, what is this for? This is meaningless. Sure. When like people are actually being helped, it's like, mm-hmm. it, you know, you feel good. Everyone, you know, mm-hmm. you're helping. Yourself is on the back burner. It was stressful because it's like, oh, we hope we don't fuck this up because, you know, money depends on it and people right. are counting on this money. Right. So but- that was fun. I bet it, I mean, it, it looked fun. I was just glad that you were doing stuff. Uh, and I mean, God, you put, I mean, it was like a marathon lineup almost every time. Totally. What, like at least 15, 20 people? That, yes, they were like big lineups. And that was also a fun thing too, of like reaching out to like people whose comedy I admire and being like, hey, do you want to like, uh, get involved in uh the dsa and then being like yeah sure i love it right you know that was cool like oh tim heidecker is a socialist that's cool <laughs> oh i'm really surprised yeah right <laughs> <laughs> that's fun wait what did tim do on on your live streams yeah. uh, i think he was promoting his album at the time right he yeah. was doing a lot of music stuff mm-hmm um oh the thing with uh wise blood yeah and i think i'm like just because like to me tim heidecker is like comedy like father i think i'm like in real life like too nervous to talk to him Mm -hmm. and so it was just cool to be like hey i'm usually too terrified to talk to you but do you want to do a fundraiser for a cool socialist candidate running for city council in your neighborhood? And then he's like, yeah. And then I'm like, awesome. Hey, <laughs> this guy isn't so scary after all. Right. And almost none of them are. And the ones that no. actually are, you know, you don't really want to. You know, I'm sure I would never want to meet Borat. I'm sure he's scary to talk to, but you know what I mean? It's like, but what about comedy. Sasha? <laughs> yeah. Well, what about Sasha? never meet your heroes right <laughs> <laughs> have you heard Kurt Braunola's story about uh auditioning for um Bruno no like apparently and this is all on Kurt Braunola's uh album and you should go listen to that because he tells the full story and it's his story but essentially what happened was you know he was auditioning for this role that would be in Bruno where he had to improvise in German and Kurt just you know, he looks how he looks and he's like, all right, I don't know German, but I'll just like pretend like I do and hope they don't notice. And it just so happened that everybody in the production at that point did not speak German except the top producer and Sasha. So amazing. he made it to a final round where he had to improvise with Sasha Baron Cohen in German and only Sasha knew that he was bullshitting. <laughs> I wonder how good he was at it. I bet he was like good enough to where, I mean, I bet it was like, he was mugging a lot. I bet he was doing that. So awesome. 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I could see that be intimidating. But I, yeah, I wonder. I don't know. Maybe depending on what the context is, he's, he could be nice or not. I don't know. I, I've seen people turn in and I yeah. get it where like they like they come from our ranks. They get their face on billboards and stuff and then they just get all the things. Yeah. Not all of them change, but some of them do. Yeah. Yeah. That's for, that's for damn sure. Now, what would happen if you got a billboard and you got to do it the way you wanted and just have all this? Oh, my God. Yeah. Ugh, I would. I'm like currently in the process of like literally trying to convince people to make my TV show. Right. And it's so hard because I'm just so not willing to compromise right. anything. Wait, are you getting um, notes of like, can we get it just like a little less pus? Literally just people like sitting in pitch meetings like this. Like just full for the listeners at home. I guess the podcast is not a visual medium. John, <laughs> the floor, disgusted, uh, horrified. Right. Um, and I think it's just like, I'm so beaten down right? <laughs> and like, uh, I know what, what rejection and disappointment and years of hard work and like being broke and whatever. I know what that's like so hard that like, I, I would, how could I ever become a bad person if I ever become successful? You know what I mean? Right. I've right. been in the deep darkness for like way too long mm-hmm. that I, I, I can net, how could people lose compassion for like this part of the struggle? Right. Depends on your own personal journey. And then if you really uh, get comfy in the trappings of your success. That's true. Uh, I mean, cause I, I mean, I, I am with you 100%, but I've, I, I tell you, Sarah, I've seen it. I know. I know. I Me and, too. and there's numbers, well, not numbers, but like, there have been people who like were coming up and I knew them coming up and they were like very thankful for the bureau and they would tell me so. And they're like, man, when I make it, I got you, man, I got you. And, um, you know, they don't. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Um, how, what, what was the sort of like inspiration for you to like cross over horror and comedy? I've always wondered that. Um, I always liked making art. Um, and it was always gross. And yeah. it was always gross because like you do your own fashion. I think you like you paint on overalls and stuff and it's really mm-hmm. wonderful. I I always like I I started marrying my visual art and performance like mm-hmm. I was living in Chicago for like 8 years. Right. Um you performing, you know, weird DIY basement noise shows or whatever. Right. And the community in Chicago was so like experimentation and art forward right. that I was like encouraged to basically experiment with like all the kind of disciplines that I was like working in. Mm-hmm. Which um, were what at the time, like actual like art and like, vi- like I'm like, Oh, 
like visual art or like video art and right. comedy. Very cool. And it was like a cool, you know, it was a cool experimental like scene. So mm. people were like so down for whatever. And we would do shows with like crazy performance artists who like pushed me to be weirder and freakier. And, uh, you know, I always like stuff like, you know, Pee Wee's Playhouse and stuff, just like immersive transport, transportative. <laughs> I like being transported with, yeah, you know performance and like comedy and entertainment in general so that inspired me to just like make my own little universe that I can live in as you right. can see from the room that's covered in eyeballs and slime hell yeah yeah but what I mean uh did you like when you were saying you always did art and you it was always kind of gross did you always have that aesthetic um this yeah sort of, like, like hyper cartoonish aesthetic kid like even kids love gross shit like you know garbage pails kids right ren and stimpy like right. i grew up being like obsessed with like edward scissorhands and like goosebumps books so cool. that was just where i've always been at and then a lot of my comedy is about like body horror and like self and like shame and self-consciousness as it relates to like the human flesh bag so it's all all of my work is about the same it's all the same thing everything I've ever made is just about how the body is a prison <laughs> yeah and how the body is a nightmare it is hilarious everybody if you haven't seen it Woohoo! everybody watch Sarah vaccine now on means tv <laughs> is that your latest thing yeah, you haven't seen it, Jake. Please watch it. All right, I will. Oh, Sarah vaccine. I will. Uh, there's so there's so much stuff, and then that comes out that has been coming out, and then like everything that's reopening. Um, it's like I I have to start almost from scratch, where I have to go research right. actively, and then I did I made this wonderful decision to start covering New York comedy. And that's as oh good. That's as exhausting as I thought it would be. Um, Don't worry, doing... Jake. Sarah vaccine is only thirteen minutes. Oh, cool, 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 cool. No, I'm I'm, I'm happy to watch. I mean, that was another thing that happened. I think in lockdown is like normally people would just send me all their stuff all the time. Yeah, and then people just like stop doing that. <laughs> Understandably, but like. I think people think your beat is sometimes more live stuff. Right. Um, well, the thing is, I am only one person and I'm only physically yeah. capable of doing so many things as much as like I do, like, I just, I, it's not even probably, I do too much. Yes. To the point where like, I think in the last month, there have been several days where I just like, have done that dumb mistake and I keep thinking about it this all, all the time where I'm like all right I'm just gonna go lay down and I'm just Absolutely. gonna like I'm gonna like just rest for like a minute and then four hours later I'm like well okay that was not resting that was time I, to go eat lunch <laughs> yeah oh no this usually happens at like one in the morning and then it's like five and I'm like well oh I guess no and then I'll like, I'll get back to work now. <laughs> yeah. I, you're talking to someone who goes to sleep, has to go to sleep by midnight. I'm an old lady at this point. 
Yeah, no, no one followed my sleep habits. They're, they're very bad and I don't, it, they just happen the way they do. Generally, I go to bed at like somewhere between two and three. No. And then I'm usually up by six or seven. Jesus, you got to get some Z's in there, Jake. <laughs> Sometimes I feel, have you seen Cruella? No, I haven't. All right, well, then I won't mention this reference then. What say it? I don't care. I'm not gonna see it. Okay. I mean, yeah, you don't need to. I mean, the yeah. the, the fashion's kind of cool, but um, I I would see for the fashion. I heard that she doesn't actually do violence to dogs, so I'm like, what's the point of watching it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but they're so heavy handed on the fan service of like, get it? She hates Dalmatians, and this is why. Oh God. Right, but um. The the sort of actual villain in the movie is played by Emma Thompson, who's this like high powered like heiress or baroness anyway, and she uh, takes nine minute power naps, and I feel like that's <laughs> sort of my vibe. No sleep, no real sleeping, just power naps. Yeah, we're yeah. I'm just like, all right. I, I mean, and look, I'm not trying to like sleep less. It's just I'll wake up and I can't go back to sleep. Do you drink coffee? I do drink coffee, yeah. But I don't I don't think I abuse it. Um, I abuse it. Oh yeah? How many cups a day do you do? Depends. Like I'll just make a big pot of coffee in the morning and then just mm-hmm. drink it until it's gone. No idea how many cups. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like a good idea to find out what that is. It has water in it. It's good for you. Yeah, it has water, but it has all this caffeine that, like, you know, perhaps over a long enough period of time will, like, ruin your adrenal glands. But, you know, who knows? Yeah, who cares? You don't need those. (laughs) No. Oh, have you done a short about coffee yet? No. That's good diarrhea jokes, though, in there. Oh, yeah, for sure. You get hyper. That's always funny. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you drink coffee late, Sarah? My dad, I grew up in a house. My dad would drink coffee to go to bed, basically. Mm-hmm. Like the, the like old, old guy, like drink espresso with dessert thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. I definitely drink coffee at midnight pretty regularly and it does not hinder me from sleeping. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. We'll I think see. it's good, actually. All right. There's so, the, the problem. With, I mean, this is like you want to talk about disinformation just on a small niche level, like getting any factual information on coffee and its effects on you is almost impossible. Because the coffee lobby, man. <laughs> Big <laughs> like, coffee. That's what they want you to think, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm disengaged as a coffee consumer because of big coffee exactly great great well i will i'll I'll march on trying to figure out how to dismantle big coffee from the ground up grounds up from the grounds up from the ground ah nice nice i'm not even a big wordplay person (laughs) well today you are (laughs) i get i guess so i guess so you want to get to some comedy news Uh, okay, so first up, 
big, big announcement. Uh, Netflix half hours, uh, the half hour specials that they normally do under the moniker The Standups, which I personally uh, hate how generic that is. Right. But I feel like because they they Netflix always brags about being in 170 plus territories. I think they just like wanted a generic name because they fear that people wouldn't get something cool if you know you're streaming, I don't know, in Estonia or something. Right. But whatever. Um, they announced six comedians who will get a half hour specials uh, that will be taped uh, uh, relatively soon and then uh, sh- released later this year. Uh, that includes Brian Simpson. Dusty Slay, Janelle James, Mark Norman, Melissa Villasenor, and Naomi Ekperigan. Oh my god, Naomi and Janelle are the funniest people in the world. Hell yeah. Did Janelle do one of these already? I feel like Janelle has had a special... Well, see, like, Naomi has had a half hour on Comedy Central. And I think Janelle might have as well. Um, Janelle was handed... Eugene Merman's comedy festival and now it bears her name right right uh Mark Norman has definitely done tons of specials this is not his first Melissa has been on SNL uh I think for two or three seasons at this point um Dusty Slay I think is one of Fallon's favorite comics like he does the Tonight Show a lot uh and Brian Simpson I think is probably the the least renowned of the bunch but he He's a regular at the comedy store, and I think his first TV appearance, he might have done Conan, but he's definitely done Lights Out with David Spade, which actually was pretty cool. I The stand-up they featured on that show is pretty cool because they made it really blue. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Well, congrats to all of them. I lo- I, um, I'll watch all of it. Yeah. You're gonna watch it in all one sitting. Yeah, I love I love stand up. I'm such a dork. I'll watch anything. <laughs> well, what does that make you? I mean, it is your profession. I mean, that I, I'm glad to hear that versus like comedians that I've known for a while. Like, I don't watch stand up. I'm like, well, then I don't get that. It's like, don't act too cool to do this. You do this. You that do pisses it. me off too because it's like when like comedians act like they're too cool for comedy. It's like, first of all, get over yourself. Second of all then like literally do something else you need yeah. attention so badly go be a pop star then right. what do you want what do you want right if you don't if you don't like what you do then do something else absolutely it's that simple <laughs> it's that simple yeah i love you- comedy i'm not too ashamed to say it my whole entire life has always been comedy right. and that's why i do it <laughs> Somehow, for some people, that's fucking rocket science. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, have you seen anything lately that you really love? Binged. I think you should leave last night. The second it came out, I watched the whole thing in one sitting. Hell yeah. Which is actually not even that hard because the episodes are not even 20 minutes. No, they're like 15, even if that. Yeah. There's six episodes. I think you should leave season two just uh, premiered yesterday on Netflix. Six great, wonderful, super absurd. It's like what we all need right now is just Tim Robinson screaming over and over and over. Screaming the same joke over and over and over again for five minutes straight in uh, 
<laughs> for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I still like, I mean, I don't know if this is like a conscious thing or they, he just sort of like the name, the show this and that's a style of comedy. It just like it happened that way. But I love that. Like every sketch seems to be premised um, from the name of the show that there's a, some guys should definitely leave. leave. <laughs> yes. Um, did you that's have, definitely it. Yeah. Did you have any favorites? I really liked the Detective Crampson or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, the, yeah, there was that, Santa Claus. Yeah. And I love the Frank uh, show with the guy in the old man suit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I already saw a fan art of that array. I think it's going to be like, you're going to see enamel pins with that guy saying, right. I don't want to be around anymore. I'm just glad that people that it's like a widely popular successful show for something that's so deeply weird yeah like I make I make weird comedy obviously and even I sometimes watch some of the sketches and I'm like what yeah too random yeah like the uh I think one of the first ones is they make this fake cable show about like people falling through coffins love that my my friend Joe made built all the fake breakaway coffins for it <laughs> that's awesome and so I, yeah and I, he showed me how he made them mm-hmm. there was like stuntmen in the coffins like right. holding um holding on to like poles to keep themselves up right and then the director would say like go and they would just like let go and the floor would be breakaway or the side would be breakaway right. and he said they broke 28 coffins that day <laughs> that's crazy yeah were the naked ones like actually naked or are they wearing like body suits or something? Oh, I should ask him that. It's a good yeah. idea. I'll text him right now. Awesome. <laughs> My friend Joe also built and puppeted that uh, alien. Oh, fun. Yeah. What, what's his Joe's full name? Can you shout him out? Joe Holiday. Respect. Hell yeah. Shout out Joe Holiday. Um, I love they actually posted this on YouTube and I think I'll post it later is the the haunted house tour. I love the haunted house tour. Is, Does fuckers ever pop out of the fucking wall? <laughs> you can't just change the rules cuz you don't like how I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> He's so funny. He's it's so like crazy how funny he is. I think there is something telling though with like yes it is uber weird but there's like it hits a nerve where like snl doesn't it like he can't be contained by that show like he and he wrote for that show for so long yeah and like that's what you can tell because he's really like the structure is all there like right you know i i make you know i make absurd weird comedy and as someone who does that i can tell you that the, the infrastructure of like basic comedy math always has to be there. You just have to like, for a joke to be successful, you're subverting something, but what you're subverting is a form. Right. Because that's like, you know, how you build surprise and tension or whatever. Right. And so like, he has it down to a science. It's like, you know, he all, you know, classically he does like the straight man, crazy man. Right. Uh, dynamic play. Right. He uses power of repetition, whether he's like, you know, subverting it or like exploding it. Right. Doing it. Right. Um, he also has like the classic 
you know, sketch structure of like boardroom sketches. Mm. Oh yeah. Like he and has classic. Tr- yeah. Yeah. I, I do, what, but, which you could tell because he's like you know he learned to do it at like the place. Yeah, he did. I what I find interesting with Tim very specifically is like when he when there's a turn he goes there's like a real specificity or niche that he really follows down yeah like a hot dog vacuum like who the fuck would think of that and like what so he'll lose you for a second like with the the sketch of like um i used to be a real piece of shit sketch yeah He'll start talking about, you know, we used to pour water on our steaks. Yeah. And like when you hear that the first time, it makes no sense to you. And like right. you kind of like crinkle your eyebrow and you have like no idea what he's talking about. Right. And then he follows down that random niche reference, shows right. it to you, right. shows you how absurd it is. And because he like pounds it into you, you have to laugh. Right. Because he's going at it so hard and he's committing so hard. Right. And then often, I think this is also unique to Tim, there will be like another turn where there's like a the Claire's sketch and... Um, yeah, I love the Claire's sketch. Was that the last sketch? <laughs> I think it was the last sketch. And oh, that one where he's in the diner with Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Where like, oh, it takes this other weird turn. It's like all getting like really emotional. <laughs> This could be me reading into it, but I'm like, you can tell that he has a family. Mm-hmm. There's like all these like specific sketches that have jokes that are like from his experience of like literally having kids, right. you know, like that Bob Odenkirk sketch. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, that that's like from a time that he was at a diner and like winked at someone, you know what I mean? Like right, right. with a kid around or the Claire sketch. It's like, dude, you're, you definitely like got your daughter's ears pierced or something. Right. You know what I mean? Like. And I just love that he's like, you know, fuck SNL or whatever, but you can tell that he's like a seasoned like comedy writer from working someplace like that for a long time. Yeah. He has like life experience. Right. And like, he's been around, he knows how to perform and he knows how to do stuff. <laughs> like Absolutely. And, but I'm just but, glad that he has his own show. Same here. And it, I think it's a testament to like, when you do stuff that is so often like meta or breaks form or what that whatnot, like when you have mastery of the basics, it's that's when you can really do it instead of like trying to guess your way through it. Yeah. And it's, I like would be curious to ask him about like some of the like, because some of them end so like unsatisfyingly. Right. Like the Bob Odenkirk sketch. I can't remember how it ends, but like I like biologically, my body wanted to end the sketch with Bob Odenkirk being like, you're going to get the check. Right. And like leaving or something like leaving him with the bill. Right. But that's like too jokey. Like my, my brain went to that because I'm like filling in the proper equation of like how a sketch should end. Right. None of the sketches end like in that satisfying, like neat way. Right. They all end like randomly and weirdly. Yeah. And contrasted by the classic soul songs that they have as interstitials. Yeah. I think even that is supposed to be sort of like 
a joke in and of itself like we ended on like i don't want to be around anymore and just yeah. and like it, a really upbeat song comes and plays because if you just leave that moment silent like that could play really harshly you know yeah right and then all of a sudden it's just like colorful la 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 you know? yeah 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 um, but i anyways go binge watch i think you should leave what it takes like less than two hours to do <laughs> Oh my god! Don't even know. I, I time flew by. Mm-hmm. I binged it twice, maybe three times. I, I don't. I don't even know. Um, down like water. It really, really does. I did wonder the the calico cut jean sketch. I wonder if like alt right people are going to use that as a meme to like see. This is why communism is bad. Oh, give you gotta yeah, give. Yeah, you gotta yeah. give. But it don't. They don't even sell cheese. Shut up. Really funny. You know, I will say controversial opinion. Mm-hmm. And I know that like sketches got cut. Like I know that's not every sketch they filmed. Right. But you gotta give. He he has to give more jokes to women. Mm-hmm. A lot of the sketches, the besides the patty sketches which were all obviously hilarious because patty's the funniest person in the world right 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 most of the most of the people delivering the actual jokes were men in all the sketches right and of course i just watched them and i go come on girls can be funny too right besides the patty sketches the yeah. only sketches where women were being the deliverers of comedy right yeah, I'm trying to think outside of Patty. Hmm, maybe in- I know it was a pandemic, and I know that like because there I think was they filmed a sketch with Megan that ended up not making the cut. Oh yeah. Um, I think I guess, there was yeah, more yeah. more women in season one that delivered jokes. I think so too. And you know, whatever. I I know they like made it during a pandemic. You know? Right, which is um, why I think there were considerably more boardroom sketches than in the right the first one and like yeah it was also funny seeing connor o'malley play like the straight man kind of yeah 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 i like that too (laughs) especially i feel like he's slowly getting the reputation of just like being like a complete psycho on stage Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then yeah playing Oh, he didn't he play a straight man kind of in um search party for a little bit. Oh my god, did he? Wait, which which part? John Roberts like goes to get this like DVD or something, and he goes to his old friend's house, but and Connor he has like freak energy, but like yeah. he's not being that crazy. No, and John is the one who's being crazy, and he's like right, what are, right. What are you talking about, man? Right. Yeah. True. So if Tim, Ro- Rob- Tim Robinson, if you're listening, you can totally cast me to be uh, say funny stuff. If Absolutely. You want. Absolutely. I think that should definitely be, if there's like another iteration of like more co- porn cop TV shows that are going to get canceled by Spectrum, just have Sarah make a bunch of those and they'll all be great. I mean, how I in a way I do make off and flop in a way. <laughs> in, a, in a way you do. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm for more of it, more uh, coffin flops for sure. Um, next item of news. 
lot of stuff did close during the pandemic. Uh, we don't even know the extent of what that is. I mean, I can tell you that the Comedy Magic Club, the Ice House, they don't have any dates on their calendar. I don't know what's going to happen with them. Uh, Echoes on Pico, that closed and Christian didn't tell anybody, really. Um, you would have to find out almost through Eventbrite and guessing. Um, but there are new places uh, that have popped up um, throughout this time, including um, the Comedy Chateau, which is a brand new comedy club in North Hollywood, down the street from Haha oh. ha Cafe. Um, somehow that was supposed to open before the pandemic, and then that guy survived and, you know, opened it uh, just a few months ago, and they have shows uh, several nights a week. Um, there is the comedy Nook, which is, you know, there theater in LA is really weird. And sometimes there's these little clusters of theaters, uh, one of the, which is in Melrose. Uh, there's this place called the Zephyr theater, which has like two smaller rooms attached to it in the same building. Um, the comedy Nook took over what used to be pretty funny women uh that their headquarters but they've gone completely virtual and uh that just uh is a black owned comedy venue black female owned comedy venue by from all that i know is the person who uh the proprietor is named thenya from kenya cool yeah they didn't put their actual full name on instagram so i don't know the full extent of that um there's an outdoor venue called the nightcap which is uh it was doing, it's like accessible through an alley in Burbank. Um, it's literally like you're just tucked away in this little corner. Um, it was called the bunker originally uh, before lockdown, but now it's called Nightcap and they have shows uh, probably five nights a week. And uh, it's all stand up. Um, and it's like maybe 20 seats, but you know, they make do and, uh, and it is pretty fun if and like it's not too scary of an alley if you're scared of walking through alleys um bellflower california which is in la county but is like in the san gabriel valley has its own comedy club now uh i i'd be curious your feelings on this the name they decided to go with is the stand-up comedy club I'd take that over the Ha Ha Cafe or whatever. I, I would take it over the Ha Ha Cafe, but I feel like I don't think they're even being meta about it. Like there's a there's a bar. Hey, hey, it is what it is. It's a stand up comedy club. Right. Have you been to that? There's a place in Silver Lake called Bar Restaurant. That's literally. No, that's amazing, though. <laughs> yeah. That's or, awesome. Or, yeah, I think they just wanted like they're that part of L.A. is so starved for any sort of organized comedy. They're like be shows at dive bars and stuff but like i guess oh we're here it's stand-up <laughs> comedy just so you know just so you know yeah uh that's not too far from where my parents live um i don't know if you ever dived into doing any of these uh what i like to call hourly mics some people like calling paper mics slotted mics but you know there are these venues that um their whole business model is running open mics every hour on the hour, uh, usually paying like $5 for five minutes. Um, and it's worth it to a good number of comedians to just pay $5 to only wait an hour, know you're going to go up and only have to watch just a handful of people um, and everyone has to stay. Uh, and so that uh, kind of blew up uh, for a couple of years before 
lockdown, there was at one point where that guy had four venues, um, fourth wall comedy that is. Uh, but right now they have a North Hollywood location, which is the original one, uh, fourth wall comedy cafe, which is in Thai town. And now he's opening another venue called the bomb shelter, which is down the street from the Hollywood improv. Uh, and you'll get more chances to do 10 minutes in front of just comics. If that's what you want to do. Um, have you done the comedy roof yet, Sarah? Mm-mm. Have you? Uh, so uh, the Grand Central Market, uh, they decided to do shows uh, on the rooftop of their parking garage. Oh, I think I'm doing Stamp Town this weekend. Hell yeah. I think you're going to have a lot of fun. Woo-hoo. Um, They brought out tables. They brought out chairs. They brought out a stage. And uh, you get, unlike almost any other show in town, an actual, like, pretty great view of downtown L.A. Cool. Yeah. Um, they currently only have, like, one, well, with Stamptown, that would make two recurring shows, but they want to program it out more. I mean, they would really love to have just, like, stuff up there seven nights a week. Cool. Yeah. Um, the Whitley, which is a venue, I believe that never existed before that. It looks like, it looks like somebody had a loading dock for a theater and then just added tables and chairs and a stage. Um, there's no, there's no roof. That's like the outdoor part, but you're enclosed otherwise. Um, it is the home to supernova comedy, which is like, if you're, if you've been wanting to watch like comedy club style comedy uh outdoors that's kind of what the experience is um like if you had gone to comedy juice at the improv something like that i think it's very similar um but they pack them out i think they get like they try to do that show or have stand up at that venue like at least three times a week early show late show and they definitely get over 100 people sometimes over 200 um and then finally, there's a venue that hasn't even opened yet, but one of the former proprietors of the Westside Comedy Theater is going to open a brand new venue in Glendale. It's going to be 55, cool. 55 seats and uh, it'll have a bookstore vibe. And uh, he's looking for shows. He's looking for shows. So, you know, not everything is dead. Uh, and, oh, this happened uh, just a couple of days ago. Tarantino bought the Vista Theater, the beloved Vista Theater in Los Feliz. I think it's not in Silver Lake. It's Los Feliz. It's right at the border. Um, well, who knows what Tarantino is going to do to it? Uh, people love the Vista because it looks like one of those old timey movie palaces. Also, did you ever go to the Vista on like uh, opening day of a movie? Have you ever been to the Vista? It's okay. Moved here six months before the pandemic. Good idea, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there was somebody I know who moved from Australia to here right before lockdown. That's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the fun thing about the Vista, and I'd be curious to see what's going to happen when Tarantino takes over it, is that actual manager of the Vista Theater on opening day would dress up in costume like a character from the movie and then greet every audience member as that character for the first day. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I don't know any other theater manager that would ever do that. 
but uh we'll see um you know at the vista they would have they would do first run movies uh as, as one screen but occasionally uh they would have like revival screenings of you know weird stuff old comedy uh classics and whatnot so keep a watch out for that who there's no timeline yet as to when that's going to happen um but that's that's it for news what do you uh, back to you unless you do you not want to talk about yourself sarah everyone watch sarah vaccine now on mean cv <laughs> it's cool it's mean cv is a socialist streaming platform right it's worker owned and operated cooperative streaming service oh cool um it's I'll pretty put, cute I'll, I'll put a link in the in the episode description in the show notes and come to uh, hell tribe nightmare at zebulon at the end of august and at the end of october oh yeah are tics, uh, tickets on sale yet no way <laughs> <laughs> Well, follow, you can follow uh, at Helltrap Nightmare or Helltrap Nightmare on Instagram. Sure. Or you could do that. Sarah Swarm, too. You can find me there. Yeah. For If you want to updates on those. I mean, do if you want to go to the show, which you should, you better follow Sarah and or Helltrap uh, because they will sell out very quick. Woohoo. They always your, your lips to God's ears. <laughs> well every show you did at lyric like sold out right am i wrong about that yeah yeah we always sell out come on yeah you know especially now things sell out so quick these i know people just want to go do stuff they just want to have a laugh right <laughs> yeah absolutely and i mean throughout this whole time there's that drive-in show at the parking lot of the magic castle um like per, per car they a lot of times the price would be 85 whoa and like they'd sell out <laughs> like people want to go i was at silver lake lounge for daniel perez's uh, extra the first show of hers at silver lake lounge i think in advance it, the tickets were 30 and then you could pay 40 at the door but it was sold out yeah make that money girl make that money but i mean you know it's just a testament to like you know people are you know uh they really want to go do stuff they're really willing to uh, audiences are so fun right now they just want to laugh yeah they just want to laugh <laughs> how many shows uh, like what's the pace of your shows the around these uh this time i'm not doing that many um, a week, maybe yeah yeah Funny, i'd like to do more does that but mean i've seen you at, slow have they seen you at every show that you've done so far i think for the most part <laughs> uh i i did some at the improv okay um what's going on at the improv right now okay so the improv you know the improv used to operate as the sort of crown jewel that got to uh, you know do stuff independently a levity no well, that was how it operated. And now that is not the case anymore. Because like all their lineups have been all men lately. And I'm like, why? Because now it's corporate run. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully they'll change that. Um, yeah. But like, 
I don't know. They also aren't running seven nights a week. They're generally doing shows uh, lately. This might change, but like Thursday through Saturday. Um, Okay. And they're not doing anything in the lab. They're just doing stuff in the main room. And Fraser Smith hosts a lot. That old timey just cheesy ass one-liner who punctuates everything with a snap. Oh, and brother. That's when I, the first time I went back to the improv, like a couple weeks ago, I, I, you know, I wore a bandana as a mask and I was just like, when about after five minutes of that, I put my bandana back on because I didn't uh-huh. want to see, I didn't want anyone to see me not laugh. Good idea. <laughs> yeah. You which... know, I, I got those like booking emails that they send out every week. Mm-hmm. I like stopped getting the availability email right. and then we got it. Everyone got an email who's on, I guess who used to get booking emails mm-hmm. last week that said, Hey, like there's something wrong with our email listserv. Like, sorry, you haven't been getting avail emails. So just right. send us your avails. And I'm like, Oh, you guys got in trouble because you didn't book any women. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, how- it was our email. How would how would you have reacted if they're like, yeah, we fucked up. We were not booking enough women. So sorry. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Here's my thing. When people apo- like should apologize. I don't care. You're not canceled. Right. You guys pay. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, does that mean you're gonna go up at the improv again soon? Hopefully, God willing, I sent in my avails. <laughs> yeah, definitely I you know it has been so many dudes and i would just like and like so many dudes that aren't that different from each other yeah i just i yeah i definitely would want to i as i have before see you at the improv but now doing with like ragging on landlords and um yeah see what the crowd does with that because there's probably a landlord in the audience. I know you joke know. about it at house shows, but and there's never one. But like, there'll probably be one at the improv. Oh, for sure. I did. I actually did a show at someone's fancy, like a fancy mansion backyard, and I did landlord jokes, and um, it was an interesting vibe. Oh yeah, did someone heckle you? <laughs> no, I just you could you can always smell a landlord in the room. Sure, sure. They're usually wearing um like a fleece or something like yeah Patagonia vest yeah that's that's definitely my landlord for sure he's 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 okay but it there's I think I told you this he (laughs) I think like a couple months into the pandemic he just brought around quarters for people just like oh do you need quarters for your laundry and I'm like. No, I need no. free rent, you idiot. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what we need. And surprise, surprise, a bunch of people moved out. Good for them. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah, well, I'm still here. But um, anyways, yeah, that'd be exciting. Again, follow Sarah on socials to see where she's playing. And definitely uh, wherever <laughs> wherever richer people are going to be play, uh, showing up, maybe that, that'll be a place to catch Sarah because uh, something might happen. Hmm? something scary might happen 
you said you're sell- you know, you're working on trying to sell your TV show. Do you have anything else in the works, or tell us more about this thing? You're no, trying to do? I'm just like I'm begging anyone to give me money to make stuff. Right. That's all. Mm-hmm. What do you want to? I mean, when you say your show, is it just as your sketch show? It's not a sketch show. Oh, it's a girl. Mm-hmm. It's a what? It, it's a gross show. It's a gross show. And that's all I'll say. Okay. <laughs> I would be excited to watch that. I think I I know it will be good. That's why I really wish people would give me money to make it. Mm-hmm. Besides sort of blank stares, as you uh, sort of referenced earlier, what else, what other responses would you get during pinch meetings? Um. Oh, this is what a Sarah show would look like. <laughs> <laughs> As if they, that's crazy to me. I mean, I don't know what the show is exactly that you're pitching, but knowing your work, it sh- probably wouldn't be surprising. No, right, exactly. <laughs> I think it would be good. People have to stop being afraid of me and just trust that it'll be good. I mean, <sighs> I think there's probably I, a lot. I can stretch a dollar. Let me tell you what. I know. Well, I would say this. If if Eric Andre has gotten to do everything that he's done, I mean, you're not, I don't think you do anything more insane than he does. I know. So like if there's a discomfort I would say factor, I'm less gross than him. Yeah. I think, he, what, and, and you're probably, you, ha, you haven't done like man on the street bits, have you? Yeah, so you're not you're not terrorizing strangers. I know that's I that's yep. I'm not terror. No one gets hurt with Sarah comedy. I don't make a mess that anyone has to deal with. I make right. my own mess. Right, self-contained. Uh, you go to a there's no, self-contained. Mm-hmm. No one's getting hurt. No one's getting their feelings hurt. Well, how lovely. Yeah. Oh yeah. You no, know, I did get in trouble at my Bell House show because I showed a video of a cat sucking a dog's dick. <laughs> oh, what happened? Like you whatever. You closed the show with that and people were like, oh what? Someone was like, why did you do that? I was like, I don't know, it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's always the answer. Why like for a comedy show, if you're wondering like why did that happen? It's because the person thought it was funny um yeah but i've seen weirder you know jay weingarten right yeah he 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 probably still uses the same powerpoint presentation but like he has a dog vomit over and over and i'm like okay and people i did a i did an episode of his podcast right and they never released it because i guess i was being so not funny (laughs) what that's I don't know. I should ask them, like, why didn't you guys release the episode? That's I mean, what was what what's Jay's podcast about? Random Is it just a hang thing? I think so. Okay. No, they like write a script and you like read it out loud. Oh, and they thought it wasn't all right. Well, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'll ask them, why didn't you guys release that episode? Was <laughs> I being not funny? <laughs> that's that's wow i i've released every episode of this podcast even when did i tell you about this about uh what ahmed did no 
So I had you a Hamid. to kill the president on the podcast. No, I asked uh, Ahmed like, hey, has there been like anything comedy wise that you've seen or heard that is really great? It's like, oh, yeah, my friend Nick Nemiroff, like he just came out with the album. It's really, really funny. The thing is, like, he's just a pedophile. But, you know, um, and like. Ahmed kept saying it and just not addressing it. And it, in the way, I mean, he's kind of a great actor because I was like, wait, is is Nick like? And he was like, oh, yeah, he moved from Canada to like, so people wouldn't know he's a pedophile. But yeah, like, go look it up on Megan's Island. Yeah. And it ru- it kind of ruined the rest of the interview. I was like, oh, man, what was going on? And I called him. He's like, oh, that's not. No, I'm kidding. I'm so sorry. Ah. And then I was like, can we re-record the episode? And he's like, yeah, actually, how about this? Like, how about we re-record, but we have Nick on. And then we we like we address it. Like, That's like, funny. like have the interview that we had up until the point where I say he's a pedophile. And then, and then that's the closest this podcast has ever been to Comedy Bang Bang, because then it devolved into um, like just this like really ridiculous fight between Nick and Ahmed as I'm trying to like get through news. Really funny. <laughs> <laughs> you bleep it out every time he says pedophile. No, I, I mean, that would have been fun, but I didn't do that. It just... Really uh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was insane. It was absolutely insane. Um, It's been so great to have you on, Sarah. Thanks uh, for having me. Good to see you. Anything else you want to plug? Follow me online and watch my videos or else. Yes. Especially, what is it? One more time, Sarah... Sarah Vaccine now on Means TV, also on their YouTube page. It's all free to watch. It's 13 minutes. Everything's handmade, practical effects. And it's, I think you'll like it. Hell yeah. All that will be in the show notes. Uh, I'm Jay Corbett, creator of the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com, at the Comedy Bureau across socials. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Not the Supermarket and on Twitter at MHA Kroger. There are a lot of great causes to support at this time, and I ask you to support those. But if you have money and generosity after that, please support the Bureau because it's almost 11 years old and I'm still the only person running it. And it would be really great if I could uh, think beyond one month from now. Um, but uh, you want to say anything as we sign off here, Sarah? World peace. <laughs> World peace. That is right. Live comedy is back, folks, and you should support it. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Grineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT and part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.